0: Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, presented by Roast House Pub and Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Havoc Brew Supply, the one-stop shop for all of your breweries' needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. The Maryland Craft Beer Festival, presented by Visit Frederick, returns to the Carroll Creek Linear Park in downtown Frederick on Saturday, May 13th. This great festival features more than 65 Maryland breweries, hundreds of locally crafted ales and lagers. Six local bands on two stages and dozens of artisans and food vendors. Don't miss this awesome celebration of local beer. Get your tickets today at mdcraftbeerfestival.com. Be sure to visit today's guest at the Maryland Craft Beer Festival and tell them you heard them on the Uncapped Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today I am in Poolsville, Maryland at the beautiful landmade, is it farm brewery or, or just straight up landmade. Yeah. Uh, introduce yourself and tell us what you are in relation to Landmade.
1: Uh, my name is Gabe Scott, and I am
0: the co-founder of Landmade. And we just took a quick tour around here because even though it's in my backyard, I have not been here yet. This is, place is absolutely beautiful. So thank you for showing me around. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Uh, you know, we're we're excited to be here.
1: We're a year in and. I think more and more people are getting to know about us now and so it's starting to get really fun.
0: You are definitely getting a lot of buzz in the Maryland drinking community. I see Landmade listed more and more as like the place you have to go check out.
1: Yeah, there. that's awesome to hear. Uh, it was a slow burn for us in the beginning. Uh, you know, opening a brewery during the Omicron variant of COVID is probably not the smartest idea, but... Uh, we were full steam ahead, and we knew it was going to be a climb to, to get to a place where more people knew about us and felt more comfortable going out. So uh, our team has been awesome and patient, and uh, we're we're really proud of the, the product that we're putting out, both food and beverage. So uh, yeah, we're excited for more people to see what we're doing.
0: I mean, at least it was a farm brewery, though. Like you guys had it at least a, a little bit better than... Totally, because people
1: were still willing to come out yeah. and sit outside and... The picnic tables and again we opened we didn't have many picnic tables we didn't have any umbrellas so we got a lot of we didn't have this tent here so we got a lot of uh there's no covered space there's nowhere to sit outside so we we learned on the fly and uh you know who knew that picnic tables were such a, a commodity so uh, oh
0: that's right because even it was impossible to buy impossible so tables, we started
1: building our own and Sourcing them out, the hardware store started selling them for a hundred dollars more. It was it was it was crazy. But yeah, we were lucky to have the open air for that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and we're also on. I mentioned to you earlier, this is a family property, so there's benefits to that in terms of flexibility of how we can use the the property to to accommodate more people.
0: And how many acres is uh, designated off for the brewery. So it's really it uh, legally it's 50. Okay. Um, so fi- 50, acres. 50 acres you said it was 200. Totally. The whole
1: property itself is 200 acres and and we lease uh, 50 of them for the brewery that include the orchards and uh this the, the, all the open seating that you're seeing.
0: On a farm brewery, does that work is like that entire 50 mm-hmm. acres is your licensed space or do you have to keep the alcohol just in this area? So we can so
1: there are certain spots that are bonded that you okay. have to, that where the produced alcohol has to live or uh, stay tanked and all that stuff um but when it comes to the laws the farm brewery laws um i believe that you now have to have 25 acres that are dedicated to your brewery okay. and and you're supposed to use one acre of your agricultural uh offerings in your product uh, i don't know how that's all being measured right now but I think it's a good initiative that, at yeah. um,
0: least, yeah, so people don't just totally get but a little bit of land, put it, a that's brewery the thing. up, and get the benefits totally. that you get as a farm brewery, Totally. Yeah. Which I don't remember what they are, but I know there are some, although there's still some drawbacks too. it. So totally. It's such a mess. Of yeah. Like weird we, licensing. Well, before we opened, you know,
1: Brewers Association of Maryland, you know, was. Kind of encouraging us to look into certain grant agricultural grants and things like that, but obviously during COVID, a lot of those those funds were exhausted, and and determining what's agricultural labor versus not, and yeah. what's an agribusiness versus not. So and I think just there's a
0: lot. probably the whole grant process ground to a complete halt. So totally, if you, if you wanted to open anytime soon, you totally. really don't want to.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even something that we originally were looking to do, Um, but it was something that we were encouraged to look into, um, and really it was so we can kind of incorporate ourselves into that world. Um, So maybe it's a blessing and a curse that we
0: weren't able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Had you always had the idea that you wanted to open a brewery at some point, or was it just the opportunity arose from your in-laws buying the overarching farm?
1: So, funny story, uh, my three best friends and I always, you know, for the past 15 years, I've had this dream of opening a brewery together like a bunch of knuckleheads. So you won. Yeah, so it's really (laughs) interesting. So I uh, lived in New York City from post-college till 2020, so almost 20 years. And um, we had two of our best friends and their wives who were gonna move down here with us six years ago to do this. Oh, wow. And uh, my wife, who was born in Maryland, got cold feet about leaving New York City as a young, mid-20s yeah. young lady. Um, yeah, it's, I
0: mean, it's only a slightly different way of life. Just a little. Uh, it's quite quiet
1: here. Um, <laughs> and so we actually pulled the plug on it. We're like, you know what, maybe timing is everything and this is not right. And so we stayed in the city, in New York City, uh, and then I the, was in the restaurant business. Okay. Um, in I have a hospitality consulting company. And when COVID struck, and restaurants were shut down overnight. Uh, we were kind of in a in a bind, and we were like, "The hell are we gonna do?" Uh, my wife's company was able to work remote, so we actually came to the down to the farm to like get fresh air. We had a nine month old at the time, ten month old maybe, uh, and just waking up here every day and like looking at it and being like, "Man, we can really do something here. We could do something here." Yeah. Just kept talking about it, and then decided to move back to New York, um, or move back into our apartment
0: <laughs> yeah. that, we, that we were still renting. Uh, oh, how much did that suck? It was brutal, making and that payment and go, every month, and not totally, being there, totally, totally. And <laughs> I imagine it was not. No, cheap. And New York turned into <laughs> like an
1: absolute hellhole. Um, and as someone, I, you know, I love New York with all my heart. It's a huge part of like my soul. Yeah. Watching it go to where it went was very difficult. And so we actually moved to upstate New York, where I was consulting for a farm brewery there. And then every day I'm going to work in upstate New York, going to this brewery and Which brewery? Arrowwood. I'm not familiar with and my I know we- a couple of the breweries. Yeah, it's in Kerhonks, and it's a super cool spot. There's
0: so many weird names of towns in New York. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: Uh, and every day we're waking up and going to this brewery, and amazing people there, I love them. Uh, but it was like, why don't we do this ourselves? And the op- we knew, always knew in the back of our brains that, you know, the opportunity was there in Maryland, and I think it was a good way for Amanda, my wife, to get me to go see what living in Maryland was like. So we talked about it, and we thought, now is the time to take our shot. My best friends all are married with children now, yeah. uh, so it wasn't so easy for them to pick up and leave. So it's my wife and I that, that opened this, and uh obviously, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun, and so sort of a, a dream come true in many ways, Uh just maybe not how I originally anticipated it, opening it with like three knuckleheads.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I mean... At least now, though, you don't have to share it with anyone. <laughs> and, it, I mean, and it's, it's really ended, my kids, right? At the end yeah. of the day, it's and, all there. So. And then probably p- the potential to lose friendships over yeah, <laughs> you, you, yeah, I think and Yeah, maybe they enjoy just getting those shipments of beer yeah. sent to them and being like, hey, great job, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, you did it. <laughs> uh, so are you originally from – no, you're not. You're from New Jersey, Yeah, right? I grew up
1: in New Jersey, um, went to college at, uh, in New York City. Uh, and then was there till 2020. So,
0: so did, have you ever been into homebrewing or was it more just because you were in hospitality? You're like, I would like to run. Totally. So I
1: I went, so I love restaurants. I'm the, the third of five kids, uh, true middle child, uh, so many kids. Yeah. I mean, with two now,
0: I'm like, God, how do my parents do this? I have two, and I don't understand how people who have more than two survive. No, it was an amazing way to grow up because
1: it was a lot of fun. It was yeah. really chaotic. Uh, but my fondest memories are, are dinners. My mom would usually wait till we were all home to all sit down together. Yeah. So in my mind, I always wanted to recreate that for people. And how do I, you know, turn that into an enterprise or, you know, a business of... And it turns out it's a restaurant business. You know, you create spaces for people to come yeah. eat, drink, and hang out together. It's perfect. So... That's really my background. That's what I love doing. Uh, you know, my wife and I entertain, you know, our friends and family all the time. And no, I'm not a home brewer, never have. Love beer. Uh, actually, for a while, I thought we were going to open a winery, be, you know, a natural winery, really into yeah. that kind of stuff right now. Um, but the beer side of things is really fun for me. And it's really interesting and especially the farmhouse mixed firm style beers that we are really passionate about here um
0: i think it's awesome that you have a cool ship i love every time i'm at a brewery and e- they, they yeah point out their cool totally ship.
1: it's fun uh, you know our two brewers we have two co-head brewers kyle and matt uh, matt is from rockville i think uh
0: <laughs> he was formerly at uh uh not oh, i can't think of the name don't worry i've had that every single episode i've recorded lately no like the biggest There's- Brewery in Maryland. Uh, flying Dog? Flying Dog. He's, so
1: he's part of that yeah, you know that tree, tree. That tree of life.
0: There, um, I, would, I would probably like 50% of the brewers in uh, Maryland it's, that it's, are it's graduates incri- from Flying no, Dog. No, it's incredible. And I
1: was thinking of Dogfish Head because we're, we have really close ties to Dewey Beach and okay. Rehoboth. So like yeah. every time I think about it. And then he was at Caboose and then we got connected. Um, we met and I knew right away he was going to be a great fit for what we were trying to do. We were super aligned on our ideas and but instead of you know going a, a route of like let's have one brewer and a couple seller people perhaps yeah. or let's work the crap out of one brewer <laughs> i was like it would be really cool if we had co-head brewers who could share all of all yeah. of that workload you know both from a creative leadership standpoint uh, no hierarchy or anything like that i really believe in like that maybe that's a middle child in me i really believe in like we're all in this together yeah. um, And so I was introduced to Kyle, who's from upstate New York, but he was brewing uh, in Charleston, South Carolina at the time, and he was looking to make a change. Um, So I knew when I met Kyle and I met Matt, I knew that they would yin-yang in really cool ways, Um, and they've been awesome together. So while we were waiting for our equipment to arrive during COVID, during stainless steel shortage and,
0: you know... Shipping shortages. Totally, and and we
1: we got a domestic product because we
0: wanted it to be faster. Yeah. Even oh, though, yeah, because if, if you ordered one of the Chinese it was like an ones an 18 month lead time. it would just be sitting on a boat forever. No, and we were chomping at the bit to do this.
1: And so we, we we stayed domestic, which was great. A little bit more, not a little bit, definitely more expensive, all things considered. um, You know, so they were here hired since June of 2021, and they were really creative with how we spent their time here, both with managing orchards and getting spaces ready. They built a cool ship. So... We, we home brewed some stuff here. Yeah. So we did a lot of stuff. And so, um, but that cool ship is very much a part of what where we want to go. And in, in terms of more traditional uh, European Lambic style brewing uh, and like kind of breaking it all down to like, you know, natural process of doing this.
0: Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike. Featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, Mom's Spaghetti Dinner Battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Did you did you have beer before you got your own equipment, or did you wait until you got equipment and just We brewed? did not contract
1: anything out. Yeah, okay. we, we waited, uh, patiently waited. Those guys <laughs> were... There were there were some tough days in the summer of 2021 where they you know we, we were we thought our equipment was coming sometime and it yeah. was just pushed a month and another month and it wound up arriving here thanksgiving of 2021 so that's when our first beer was brewed which is called fall 22. we we have i think a few bottles of it left um no but they hit the ground running because we were, we were really eager to get going and because we're I don't know. Eighty percent loggers. You know, we had another eight eight weeks of lead time till our beer was ready. Yeah. Um,
0: so. Although you know what, all of those delays may have been beneficial to you because it bought us some time. COVID-wise. Well, well, but also like in the last year. Like loggers are the new hype beer that everyone wants. Yeah. People thought we were
1: crazy just to start focusing on, on that right out of the gate. But it was something that you know, it was kind of a non-starter for, for myself. I didn't, you know, as someone who tend to, tends to drink more of the farmhouse style beers or natural yeah. wine, like more funky, weird approaches to like natural stuff. Um, you know the fruited sours as fun and as delicious as they are, and the, you know the IPAs as fun and as delicious as they are. Um, you know they're boozy and they're it, it, it's it's hard to manage that, and it's a really it was a really uh, uh, saturated market in many ways. Uh, though there's a ton of awesome beer out there. Uh, I was so, gonna
0: say like being from New York, I, you don't just devour hazy ipas it's like other than new england it's it, like the it, epicenter for
1: totally <laughs> and it's, it's funny because like i honestly i was never like a crazy beer nerd my three best friends who i want to open the brewery with were yeah. crazy like they used to sit in those lines and trade beers and they okay. had like crazy bottle collections yeah. and meanwhile i'm drinking like corona and lime you know <laughs> in, in high school and, and
0: you're the one that opens the brewery <laughs> and and my favorite
1: beer in the world is rolling rock you know so um yeah, uh, but we, we were certain, especially like I was saying earlier, how, you know, the roads are a little windy here. Uh, it gets darker at night. So the, the loggers and lower ABV styles are definitely something that we were interested in. We wanted you to come here and spend the day or have a few and be okay to get out of here.
0: Rolling Rock was my college beer. I'm jealous. Went, that, was, that was that's um, high end. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> was like, well, because I went to um, the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. Oh, cool. And, um, some of the people I became friends with that were in my dorm right away were wrestlers. So we got to go party at the wrestler's house wow. and they had the good beer and it was rolling rock. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. My,
1: my, uh, grandfather used to think, drink rolling rock.
0: And I think back then it was still brewed in Latrobe cause that was forever ago. Totally. It's
1: changed hands a bunch, I think since then.
0: Yeah. But I think it was still like its own brewery and it was in Latrobe. Totally.
1: Yeah. That it's funny. Like yeah,
0: I, I, grew I, up smelling, I grew up smelling then. that beer,
1: like from my <laughs> grandfather, you know, and I remember the first time I had a Rolling Rock as like a pseudo adult. I was like, it brought me back to like preschool. I was like, I know that
0: smell. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't had one forever. They're just as good much, as you remember. I, <laughs> yeah, but I probably would not as enjoy it as much. There, they're always skunked, aren't they? Yes, of they're in, course. Green, they're in the, the perfect green bottle. Yeah, <laughs> with a yeah. 33 on it. Which is my favorite number. <laughs> <laughs> so just subliminal from your childhood. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, 33 is because uh, of Patrick Ewing. I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and we have a beer named Ewing because all of our beers are named after pets of ours, past okay. and present, and our current dog uh, is a, a pit bull named
0: Ewing. Um... So did you uh, did you work at restaurants or you did did you do consulting the so, whole time? No, so I
1: started working in restaurants. You know, I worked my way up from being a glorified doorman uh, all the way through. Uh, I was the director of marketing for a large restaurant group um, and a partner there, um, and then kind of split off to do my own thing on mm-hmm. the consulting side of stuff, and um, was able to take you know stagnant or distressed restaurants and concepts and uh reposition them for growth or sale Um, and that's very much you know what i love doing is kind of fixing and building concepts
0: that's a um a lot of amazing experience to help make a brewery be successful because a lot of that stuff is sometimes what breweries that are putting out great beer Lack totally in the, in the equation. Yeah, I think uh, you know what's unique to what we're trying to do
1: here is we want it to be a hospitality experience that's driven by beer. Um and- I mean, it's the only
0: way to like. An experience. Giving someone an experience is the only way to survive. Now there's so many choices. And that's a, that's so. what I
1: think. I mean, You know, there's that old adage that you know someone leaves your your spot and has a great time and they tell two people, but someone leaves your spot and has a bad time, and they tell twelve. You know, yeah. so for us, you know, yeah,
0: angry people talk way more than happy totally.
1: people. You know, and, and Yelp it and and those review sites and those platforms are vicious beasts. But like people want to be heard and they want to tell you what they think. So I
0: I need to bring it back. I I did it once where I hosted a one. One star review night oh, where it I think there were like five different breweries maybe more that each read their worst oh review that they've amazing. ever received it's like wow you are then really every, angry and then everyone voted and it's always it's the Yelp ones that are the best totally like, yeah it's like <laughs> I'm an elite Yelp yeah like. attaboy has one that's just phenomenal the that's, person went through and just tore apart every little nitpicking just yeah i never understood (laughs) it i know
1: i'm a little bit more sensitive to that because of you know my professional life yeah and um, knowing
0: how much work it goes into totally
1: and you don't know what your server your bartender is going through personally and you don't know what the shortages are on like the supply side there's a million different things oh no
0: this person like tore apart their decor yeah their tables their seating (laughs)
1: yeah uh, People, some people are just angry. But for us, like, again, you know, really hammering home the hospitality side yeah. of things is important. We do, you know, we bust tables. We run food out to people. All the food is done in-house, made in-house, um, sourced locally. Uh, and so that kind of stuff is is really important to us. And, again, we want people to have a really great experience here. And then, you know, we think our product will, will, will shine on top of that.
0: And I think in general that just becomes more and more important to people that they they care
1: times are tough right now the world is crazy and you know financial situations are are a mess right now so if people are spending their hard-earned money on us uh and we we're not cheap you know and not intentionally expensive it's just as a as a young as a young business we're trying to protect ourselves but we're also dealing with the same things on the supply side where we're trying to you know Get our margins as thin as we can to, to make it more approachable for people who are spending these harder dollars. But CO two is expensive. If it's available, grain is expensive. <laughs> yeah, and, like and grains. Are, aluminum's expensive. Yeah, and grains really expensive if you can't get it in you know, ten ton you know ten ton yeah. deliveries and super sacks and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that go into it, and we're constantly working on it. And you know, this is the hard these are the hard conversations we have internally with the brewers. It's like, what's our price per ounce, and how do we lower our costs? And so. Two weeks ago, we actually lowered our four-pack costs by two dollars. By two dollars, and that's
0: a significant drop.
1: Very significant, and it's because you know it's like okay, we figured out a way to use our same product. We're just gonna you know scale our production a bit,
0: and it'll help lower our costs. And so now that's what where hiring someone that worked at a large production brewery like Flying Dog really comes in clutch. And and again, it's it's a
1: vicious cycle because it now makes them work one and a half, if not t- double as much as they were, um, but they're, do- they're huge team players and are doing it for the greater good. And if we can move more beer because it's more approachable financially, then like we're all doing this together. And um, you know we're always asking a lot of each other, but everybody's very supportive here. And so those are the hard conversations internally, but again, people are coming here and spending their money and yeah. we have to make sure that we're, we're, we value that and we do.
0: Yeah, but him, him having that, that production experience oh, totally. really helps totally. yeah put
1: uh, no the ideas that that they both have from their backgrounds like Kyle was before he was in Charleston he was brewing at a, a really small system in upstate New York where they were really 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 scrappy so Kyle's very like macgyver yeah very yeah. And Matt's like well I've seen it at this scale and yeah. now I've also seen it at that scale so like let's figure it out so and then our director of distro um was at Adroit formerly, and so okay. he and they
0: put they send beer all over the place.
1: So for him, it was really hard adjustment for him to like get into the Maryland market and be like, oh, I can't just like ship, 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 ship. I have to like <laughs> learn who these people are and what yeah. they want and what they like to drink and how we price it and all this stuff. So it's really been fun to learn about all this stuff together. We all we all bring a really unique skill set to the table, and it's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: What um what size brew house do you have? Ten barrel. Okay. That's what I was going to guess. I like, kind of saw it from the angle. But yeah. And we're, you know, we're, we're
1: hitting our max now. We're, you know, we're this morning with the, you know, I have a weekly meeting with the brewers and we're already talking about, you know, where we're going from here and how we're expanding or how, how are we scaling this for longevity? And it's not just like, okay, let's just up it to 20 barrels and hope for the best. It's yeah. like, well, what about after that? Like, so wh- what size fermenters do we need? What size bright tasting and all this kind of stuff. So it's, these are all such heavy conversations, but
0: it's they're exciting. So, how do you even add fermenters here? Would you have to get outdoor ones? And, or? Well, we've talked. We've certainly talked about that. That's a you know it's a
1: scary thing altogether. Yeah. But we've talked about it. We've talked about you know just continuing on with our ten barrels and uh, ten barrel capacities and just continue lining them up. We've so, also, just having to fill out totally. This whole we've also talked area. about maybe having some of the production elsewhere, um, like a, a different production yeah. facility for us to do more of our. Clean beer, and then maybe the farm actually turns into more traditional style, like farm okay. beer and yeah. um, spawns and things like that. So,
0: yeah, because uh, I, I was just I told you earlier I was at Warwick Farms over the weekend, and that that's how they're totally. adding their capacity because they're kind of constrained like height wise very much too in their sure. their barn area. It was, Actually, it was a slaughterhouse. But so, oh, that's cool. so they can only go. They still have the like, the rack. The rack. That that, I love those. We they but, hate them. But one of the it was it's two families that own it, and the one like the people who don't actually work their work there wanted the racks kept there, and they're like right in the way where oh, you would totally. bang your head on them constantly. Like but they're so dry, cool to look yeah, at. They do look cool. <laughs> uh, but they're putting uh, outdoor fermenters in. Yeah, Kyle, our one
1: of our brewers actually brought that up, like to do an outdoor fermenter It's yeah. They're just
0: way more
1: expensive. Totally, and you know it's really windy here, and the rain goes sideways here, and so like
0: <laughs> actually, you are a little bit elevated, and oh, it's a, it's clear in every direction. So no, I, I bet the wind does. Oh,
1: the wind is 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 a challenge here.
0: How how's this tent hold up? This
1: company that did this is really great. So they uh, <laughs> they've been here quite a bit to re-secure it for us, okay. but the the base of it all has been awesome. It's like these flaps here that are the ones that uh give us some hell and then our you know our culinary team is out there you know when it's crazy winds and they're smashing burgers you know so like they're warriors in and and of itself
0: you know yeah what um what what kind of food offerings
1: do you have here so it's very much farm to table without sounding you know cheesy um you know so all of our produce comes from what we're growing here um in our garden and uh all of our meat is local. Our sausage is a proprietary recipe that we do with meat crafters in Andover um, using our Ziggy, our pale ale, core pale ale sausage of uh, uh, beer. Uh, and then we also do smash burgers, which
0: are uh, incredibly popular here. So um, you, you had mentioned earlier the focus on lagers. So is, is it mainly all are you doing just all traditional like
1: yeah, we're, yeah, and we're even going traditional and weird, you know, so we <laughs> open with a Grazinski, Um We currently have a rash beer on. Um, and again, it's fun to like educate consumers on like what those styles yeah. of beer are. And, um, you know, we get, you know, we do a lot of Czech style beers here. So we have a lot of like Czech people that come from the embassy and they're like, we cannot believe that you guys are doing That's this kind of beer. Cool. Uh, we heard about this. This tastes like home and like things like that. Like, because... Again, hospitality for me is just about invoking memories of yeah. your childhood and like nostalgia. So when you hear someone like that says this reminds
0: me of, like, there's nothing better. The Czech Pilsner is my absolute favorite style so it's of beer. A, totally,
1: I I come to love Italian Pilsners because we do one that's truly awesome. It's called Lily. Um, it's a really, really, really great beer. Um, but yeah, we're 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 definitely trying to stay more European traditional lagers um, and where we can get. Creative, we were are down and get creative. Um, so who
0: uh, who's driving the more obscure, unknown styles? Is that you or is that one of so the? So when it comes team? to the
1: obscure uh, lager styles, it's definitely Kyle and Matt. That um, you know, we're always trying to like challenge themselves and push the envelope a bit. Um, you know, we wanted our core beers to be awesome, steady, consistent, really delicious, and we think we hit those marks. Um, you know, but they'll bring styles to the table that like, it's like, whoa, yeah, let's, let's go for it. And it's hard because in a small, it's not small, but like in a 10 barrel system, you're committing one of your tanks to this yeah. wacky beer. Although that,
0: on the other hand, at least it is only totally, 10, I mean, 10 barrels is still a totally. lot and of Totally. And these are, and these are beers.
1: Like we did a Gretziski that was like 3%, super smoky, highly carbonated. So we probably can't can it. So yeah. it's like, this is on premise. So <laughs> let's, you know, everybody's shifty tonight is that, you know, um, So, yeah, they're they're definitely always trying to push and and do some unique things.
0: What is your... um, Although you just recently started distributing, right? So So we never
1: wanted to distribute this early. Um, I think it's a product of um, consumers' um, expectations through COVID of, like, all the package that was available. Yeah,
0: because suddenly... You couldn't go anywhere. Three months into COVID, you could get beer from everywhere. everywhere.
1: So I think the consumer just got really excited and yeah. spoiled by that um and so when you open in we opened in february of 2022 so we our second day open we had like a 65 degree day that was just random and we got absolutely clobbered here it was awesome but then you deal with march and april it's a little yeah. colder and it's like oh, well, what are we going to do and so we wanted to keep brewing so we we packaged our beer on a small run self-distured a lot of it got great feedback and then people were like all right we want more and it's like well this is not really where we want to go just yet <laughs>
0: And then as we like... Well, too bad. That's where we want you exa- to go. And you're going to
1: do that. <laughs> uh, and then as we saw like our model and, you know, the the trajectory and, and, and analytics of our business, we realized that there was a need and a want and a desire for us to distro. And so we signed a distribution deal in Virginia. We have one in New York and New Jersey now. We're self-distroing in Maryland um, and D.C. And then we're now doing Delaware as well. So... We, we ramped it up significantly because we, we started learning that, you know, the surrounding region really loved what we were doing and we were getting there was a really high demand for getting our beer into those markets. And so it was really good as a young brewery to, to, to hear great feedback yeah. and want, want your beer there. And so we thought if there's an educated market that's out there that's asking for our beer, we're going to put it there and hopefully it'll trickle back. Uh, and it's worked, and we're getting a lot of feedback from friends of friends who are like, hey, had your beer in Virginia, and then they'll come to the farm for, for a day with their family, and we're like, this is perfect.
0: Well, what, so, what's the breakdown of on-premise versus distribution? Is it still a lot more on-premise? Oh, or? yeah,
1: it's probably still 80, 20, 70, 30, if you want to go there. Yeah. Um, but, like, our yeah, like our wheelhouse is – we want people coming to – the here yeah. to experience what we're doing because we know you're gonna have a great time and a great experience. Awesome guest service and good food, good drinks. And the vibe is cool here. Um, play a lot of 90s country music, so that's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we want people to come here and, and uh, yeah. So, and, and we're, we'll probably stay in that distro model for, for a bit until our next growth period.
0: Yeah, that's uh, one thing about farm breweries is they are almost always packed.
1: Yeah, and 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 there's some really great ones out there, especially like. So we're the only one on this side of the county, so it's, that's really difficult for us because you know there's power because
0: yeah, you have that whole cluster. There's power in right.
1: numbers, and so when you go to the other side of the county and you're able to hop around to those four guys, it's 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 great. It's great for them. Um, you know, here we're we're sandwiched by two wineries, which are really cool. Um, but it'd be really great to have another brewery and planning <laughs> in the ag reserve. Um, it's just there's nothing happening right now.
0: Great beer starts with great ingredients. At Havoc Brewing Supply, they offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit havocbrewingsupply.com today to learn more. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours. Tastings and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. Are the neighbors, um, I don't, uh, kind? I can't think of the right word, but because that—that's one thing I hear in like, at several farm breweries that like the neighbors start to throw yeah. up a lot of complaints about. <laughs> so again.
1: Coming from New York City, um, neighbors are crazy to begin with. <laughs> it just is a lot more going on. So when you come, and I, to, I did
0: notice that there were some large, uh, very uh, fancy, uh, yes, <laughs> uh, developments on so, the way here. So
1: Poolsville is certainly up on you know on the up and coming. Um, Poolsville High School is really great. So there's a lot of young families coming in. So there's a lot of developments happening. Um, there is, however, a an old guard. Um, you know, who has grown up here and change is difficult for anybody. And, and something I've been trying to be sensitive of since we had this idea was to, how do we become part of this community and not open like a crazy brewery that's like playing live music all the time. So we've, we've really tiptoed around all that stuff. We're really lucky that the family that lives over there, their son actually works here. Awesome. Um, So they're not going to complain. Exactly. (laughs) The family across the street, um, they love it here, and we recently released the cider, and they we're waiting for that. And then the lovely lady that lives next to them, we, she's only been here once, but uh, I check in with her often to make sure that the noise isn't too much. And thankfully, we've been we've been good. So from that perspective, we're we're lucky. It's That's not too awesome. loud. My in-laws yeah. who live on the other side of the property might have a different thing to say about the noise because I think it <laughs> travels that way. <laughs> but I think they uh, they obviously want want the business to to yeah. to be great.
0: Yeah, I've just heard so many stories from the owners. Almost always, farm breweries like the totally. neighbors not being well, happy because, about.
1: Well, I think because you, not you, Royal, you moves yeah. to the country or grew up in the country, likes the serenity of it and the and, you know the quiet nature of just hearing tractors rolling. And yeah. then all of a sudden, now you have like death metal playing with like eight <laughs> percent IPAs and people rolling out of there. Like it was it was funny. One of like the first complaints that we got from the community was there's too many cars here and it's like from the business you're like that's a good problem like we like that but this is a rustic road yeah you know
0: wait so they were complaining about there were too many cars on the road or just too many cars here too much traffic
1: coming in front of the property so again i don't know how you how you combat that i don't know how you say like yeah sorry um We'll ask people to carpool. I don't like. I don't. <laughs> or do you want us to shuttle bus? If you want to help with that, we can do that. Yeah. Um, but so I think we just, it just and we close early. We close, you know, on the weekends we close at eight o'clock. Sunday. And at also, six. how
0: much traffic could it really add?
1: It's just, it's coming going all day long. So, yeah, but it, it's I mean on a one, on a two like a one yeah. way this one and that way street. I it,
0: guess if you went from. Never encountering another car, to sure. every once in a while encountering another totally. car. Totally. So, <laughs> so again, percentage wise, it was a huge jump.
1: Or like, <laughs> let's have people teleport here. That'd be really fun.
0: Yeah, I w- Yeah, when I had to drive three hours home over the weekend, I was really thinking like, engineers get on need to get on making teleportation happen or right? some easier. <laughs> way. Sounds like uh, an Elon Musk situation. Yeah, get him on that. <laughs> um. So where – oh, you listed everywhere you um, distribute already. Um, and is is that all just cans, or do you distribute the – do you so, service restaurants and bars? No, too?
1: so we're in restaurants and bars as well. We're in a bunch in D.C., um, some in Maryland. And uh, we recently brought on a new team member who's from Frederick, and so he's really tied into that community. So um, – we're hopefully gonna be found more of those places. But draft is, we want our beer to be consumed in draft yeah. uh, for a multitude of reasons, um, but package is, is king right now, and so we're, uh, or cans specifically are king, so we have to figure out, like, we have a lot of really great bottles of beer, like our farm beer, and it's impossible to distribute, you know, people will take a case here and there, but once people try them, like, this is amazing, but like, it's not gonna sell on our shelves, you know, yeah. so
0: uh i think sapwood was just talking about that recently too totally you have these bottles of amazing stuff but they're just sometimes hard to move totally and it's funny because like we're
1: the in this situation we're like the one percent you know we shoot for the bottles whenever we're out it's like the bottles are gonna be really cool and fun and different and likely a one-off so like let's go get them um but people want their 16 ounce tall boys and
0: yeah yeah that is like the packaging of craft beer I find so interesting from a psychological standpoint, and I can't remember who, I think it may have been was in a Cushwa episode, we were talking about that, like how you went from, like, uh, good beer was only in bottles, because if it was in a can, it tasted like aluminum. Sure. Then all of a sudden, you know, like enough craft breweries, uh, led by Oscar Blues, started canning beer, and then the good beer you wanted was in a 16 ounce can totally. and, and now because of the economics and just realizing regular beer drinkers really just drink 12 ounce cans outside of the craft beer nerd bubble. Like there's this now shift of everyone downsizing into totally 12 ounce cans. Yeah. We've
1: been having those conversations the past couple of weeks about the 12 ounce cans and, but it's, it's also interesting cause we're having the same conversation, but then, Matt or brewers like but the the beer stores are all going to say our shelves are all made for 16 ounce cans and so it's this vicious cycle again of like
0: well no most of them want still a lot of them only want twelve because in that space I can stack two 12 ounce ones that'd be great or that's they can the, yeah that'd be awesome yeah that's why a Those lot of places were, are
1: it's funny you think about it like I think the tall boy um can probably came from someone just wanted a little bit more lager yeah. you know just to <laughs> drop more so I don't have to open another can yeah and now it's become all right, now let's put an eight percent IPA in that too. Yeah. It's like, hold on, that's defeating the purpose. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I th- someone was recently telling me like, yeah, the, they get more placements yeah, be because great. on the um, beer store shelves you can stack two 12-ounce cans on top of each Amazing. other. Amazing. You can only fit one 16-ounce can.
1: Amazing. I hope that's the, the case. Because yeah, <laughs> we're
0: we're definitely we're putting a line out of our loggers
1: and 12 ounce and Again, we like old school here, so we're gonna see how that goes.
0: But yeah, if you look around, a lot of um, a lot of breweries like they're one offs. They're still doing in sixteen ounce shirts, sure. but uh, I mean, I've lost track of how many. But a lot of like Maryland breweries have switched their cores to twelve ounce cans. That's awesome. Twelve ounce six packs. Great. It's awesome to hear. Um, how do, what, do you have um a canning line or what? How we do don't. You so
1: we, we bring in a a canning okay on yeah, We use Ironheart. Um, it's again, it's an every other day conversation for us yeah. in this specific space. It'd be really difficult. I mean, Ironheart's able to set up in here, which is awesome, so it kind of proves it. But for us yeah. to like do it the right way and to make that investment, we need a DPAL that can go higher than 10 to 11 yeah. feet. So we're kind of up against it when it comes to that. But again, if we were able to m- potentially move to a production facility close by with higher ceilings, then
0: we'll we'll look at that again. The um, yeah, it's, the, the the size constraint here has got to like just make you want to bang your head off the all wall the t- all the time. <laughs> it's like, funny because like we've definitely squeezed a
1: lot out of a little here. Yeah. The building itself is beautiful. When and like,
0: you've definitely like come up with some very
1: yeah great creative ways to. It's a- funny when we made problem. this business plan five six years ago, we had our tanks present like visible to the guests, but not to pour off of. Yeah, we had them because like it's also good use of yeah, space. Be- People like to see the stainless steel. Yeah. And steel. But then when we realized that our draft run would be thirty plus feet if we put a walk in outside. Yeah. Like this is crazy. So what can (laughs) we do? And all of a sudden we're like, wait, what if we pour off of our tanks? And then it was like, no way. And so we contacted our um manufacturer and they were like yeah we can customize that and it's like you hear the customize order like oh shit
0: yeah Um, how many zeros does that exactly
1: (laughs) but they were able to turn it around for us and it's been cool and i think a couple people have done it since not that we started it because but but it makes a lot of sense and
0: fresh does that make it hard though with keeping up with productions having tanks held up with or do you have enough tanks?
1: totally yeah it's uh again
0: it's a trade-off it's a
1: yeah chicken and the egg thing for us it's like okay do we get more kegs and keg them off and put it because we we do have a shipping container that we retrofitted into a a walk-in cooler so do we keg it off but instead it's like no let's pour off and when we do our canning runs we're pulling it right from the bright tanks also so we're trying to exhaust it as often as we can um but we'll never rush we committed to ourselves we'll never rush beer out of a tank um unless it's had a good life and we haven't had that just yet um but we we have a lot of ways, both with distribution and on on premise consumption, of uh, ways to to drain those tanks.
0: Uh, do you do events here too, or is that kind of
1: so the other side of the, of the the barns that I showed you? That's a like a more of a high end events venue, yeah. more wedding focused. Um, for us, we do a lot of events, both internally. So we do a lot of food driven events, like a yeah. crab feast or a traditional cold sh- service night. Um, we did a whole. It's so
0: awesome how many places are doing so cold cool. service. It's so cool. Hey, have you seen enough demand to can People, add that more and more? Because like so, Dan- Dancing Gnome like started out totally. I think like once a week they did cold service and it became so popular now they just. So have it's it funny every- like in
1: development of like how are we going to roll out our version of it and you know to have like an Edelweiss band here and we did, we had Kolsch glasses and we, we made traditional Kolsch, you know. Uh, what's
0: the name of that serving thing? I That's forget what it's name, called, right?
1: honestly. Um, but we had a, a friend of ours custom make oh, it nice. for us and so it was super cool uh, and we're like, we're going to do this every Friday night in the beer garden and then we did it for our, our first Kolsch service, and we're like, wow, that was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and so now our Kolsch our remaining Kolsch glasses are actually our short pours. Okay. Um, but we're gonna do it again this year when we release Katie, which is our Kolsch. And um Yeah, so in terms of that, we do a ton of our uh our, our own food-driven events, which are really big for us, like a Father's Day barbecue where we smoke our own briskets here and everything like that. But then we have a lot of like large groups here doing rehearsal dinners and weddings um birthday parties so from that perspective we do have a lot of events here but we don't want to be the place where that's getting bought out for weddings often because we do think that we are a we're not a destination in terms of like how that sounds but we are in poolsville yeah so people are, are making a plan to come here so for them to make the drive and if they don't see our social media or website or or call and see that we're closed and they show up and there's a wedding here it's like a bummer yeah, so
0: and you can just send them exactly next door exactly a few hundred feet exactly so way. we prefer <laughs> we
1: prefer this to be our our brewery experience and uh most of the events that we do here will be semi-private or run by us
0: uh do you have anything coming up that you want to let people know about uh, this, this won't come out for about a month so keep that in mind
1: <laughs> um yeah we have a lot of uh, we're working really hard on on uh our wine right now, so we're yeah. making piquettes uh, lower a b v wines and we have a a couple iterations of cider coming out um because we don't make a gluten free beer or any beer yeah we do want people that can't drink beer for dietary restriction purposes or to have something to drink um our first cider was really well received, so we were pumped about that um yeah. I mean, as our menu, as the season changes, so does our menu. So we're excited to, to roll out a new food menu in the spring. And, you know, we have a lot of cool events coming up.
0: What's the best way for people to keep up to date on what's going on at Landmade? Uh,
1: the best way is to follow us on Instagram at Landmade Beer uh, or visit our website, LandmadeBeer.com. <laughs> um, yeah, that, those are the most up to date
0: uh, places to, to hear what, what's going on. Want to answer some intentionally stupid questions? Yeah, duh. <laughs> do you wash apples before eating them?
1: Yes, only because I married a girl whose family
0: owns a farm that had apple orchards, and I saw what was being sprayed on them. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually uh, the people who say yes, that's often uh, <laughs> like they, the quantifier. Most I, people would like do the shirt And I
1: def Yeah, because prior to that, it was definitely the shirt thing. And then I think with two young kids, you also
0: realize that it's important to wash it. Yeah. <laughs> Best fast food French fries. Defend your answer. Shake Shack. I've never been to a Shake Shack.
1: Oh, you got to. Shake Shack is dreamy and uh, they're fry- they do crinkle cut fries. And oh, eight- I don't
0: like crinkle cut. Oh, man. So I they like do crinkle it's cut too fries. Big and starchy.
1: So these aren't they're actually I or are they the small I'm I'm, one? I'm fangirling right now but they they're smaller <laughs> okay. but they're like crispy and fluffy in the middle they're for some reason they're perfect and they're, <laughs> not just good perfect no, they're perfect uh you know yeah uh, are um, there shake
0: shacks in Maryland There's a um, shake
1: shack in Potomac I think it is okay. um and then there's another that's opening in uh the Kentlands in
0: Gaithersburg So right? you're excited My daughter's excited <laughs> <laughs> What would the title of your autobiography be? Or just biography, I guess. It doesn't have to be an auto. You don't have to write it. It's either
1: going to be True Middle Child or it's going to be I Hope the Knicks Win Before I Die. (laughs) I don't follow basketball at all. Is that – are they just – It's been a tough couple. It's been a a tough – punching bag of the – They were and we're starting to make our way back up, but uh, it's
0: been a rough rough go for us. Uh, The most important question – who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Oh, pirates! Yes, you're correct. Oh, sweet yeah, right. no right. no question. Cool. Pirates we can, are scrappy and we can be friends. Yeah. So many people answer that one wrong. Uh, does pineapple belong on a pizza?
1: Yes, very much so. Uh,
0: there's where you're
1: wrong. Pineapple and onions like are amazing, and I'm actually a big fan of pineapple, onion, and pepperoni instead of ham.
0: <clears throat> that might be better. I don't see. I don't. It's the
1: sweet salty thing, which generally I don't like crave, but for some reason on pizza, pineapple has always been my thing, and I've always gotten flack
0: for it. I don't like uh, fruit and meat mixed together. Totally, yeah, I get it. <laughs> flats or drumsticks. Flats. That's the correct answer.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: yeah, flats. As long as, and they need to be crispy. Yes. Too many people make slimy wings. The problem with the chicken. Pandemic and the wing shorties like everyone has crappy tiny little just pathetic wings. Yeah, now. or the other ones that are just way too big, and you're like, hey, yeah. what kind of chicken is this? Yes. <laughs> That's true too. Like we're like, this is not even close to natural. It, yeah, there's no way that this is a chicken. Is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date? <laughs> no, <laughs> unless you're really slick. But it's funny, everyone. Who um has any kind of like background in hospitality, it's always like a firm no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, unless you could be slick, but otherwise I, I don't know. I guess you can show that you're
1: you're scrappy and you're you're saving money when you can. I don't know. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is Nickelback a good band?
1: Their songs are really catchy. Chad Kroger's a really good songwriter. And people don't, people don't know that he's a really really good songwriter. Uh, but that band, man, they got roasted. <laughs> I recently watched the. Um... You know, he he used to be married to Avril Lavigne, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's also she's a genius. Like she's an amazing songwriter too. Super talented. And the two of them, like, I think they wrote a lot of songs together that people like that were like mega hits on the radio. that People don't know about
0: that they wrote, wrote for other they for, wrote for artists. Other people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I they, they recently watched the interview with him, and I can't remember what he pointed to. But they were able to pinpoint like the first time. That they started getting roasted? Yeah, like there was someone like well-known that like just blasted them and then it became just the thing to do. It's just so funny. Yeah, but and then the the interviewer was like, but like do you really care because you're rich? He's like, like, no, we're We're rich. We're good. (laughs) Uh, If you won the Powerball, what is the first thing you would purchase? The New York Knicks. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it better be one of those like multi billion dollar ones, yeah, though, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> What's better, cats or dogs? It's weird. I grew up with cats, but I always found them kind of weird. Dogs. Dogs I, I'm, are I'm, one. I'm 50%. a dog guy now. If you're craving soup, are you hungry or are you thirsty? You're hungry. If you were a new member of the Spice Girls, what would your name be?
1: I'd probably say Gibby. My sister calls me Gibby. That's a new one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What's your most prized possession? My children. I don't know if I allow children okay. to be considered Well, I have a,
1: a, I have a now three and a half month old and a four-year-old, almost four-year-old, and it definitely changed my, my life. Um, my most prized possession, if it, we can't talk about people, my most prized possession, oh, you know what? I have this. Um, chain this circle that has my siblings' names on it. Oh, that's awesome! In a circle, so I wear that all the time. Uh, it kind of keeps me focused on uh, the greater good. See, that's a better
0: answer. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Well, but I mean, those are also people. Right? You don't have. Well, but no, it, it's a physical possession. Totally. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't like the idea of possessing your kids. That's, that's, <laughs> that's- <I> guess that <laughs> seems healthy. <laughs> I mean, like, I would never list that, like, yes, I absolutely love my kids, even though they're complete jerks totally. a lot of the time. Uh. <laughs> um, what is the maximum acceptable amount of time that you can still eat something off of the floor?
1: Wow, this this answer has changed throughout my life. Um <laughs> Because now, even last night, like my daughter dropped a piece of falafel on the ground in, in the kitchen and I had no problem picking up, putting it back on her plate. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, but again, working in restaurants, yeah. like you understand strangers' shoes and the mops yeah. and the this and that. So the, the true answer is, it is in public, n-
0: no time is allowed. And if I'm alone, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll abide by the five second rule. Uh, that's uh, someone recently said if they're home alone, they're, it's infinite. <laughs> that's, that's better. It's when they get around to it. Oh, that that's that's amazing. <laughs> Something for later. All right. One more. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Wow. Uh, well, I think
1: tapping into uh, my childhood, it would probably be Jason Biggs. Everybody always told me I kind of looked like him.
0: It's a slight resemblance.
1: Yeah. And we both have that, you know curly hair um yeah i would say jason biggs or adam sandler and you know, i think i can okay. balance the goofy with the with the fun and the serious
0: i think that works that, yeah. all right thank you so much for your time today uh landmate is absolutely beautiful uh, so everyone should come out and check the place out uh and thank you everyone for listening yeah thanks Cheers. For, thanks for coming by